Howdy, listeners. How are you today? Oh, Nicole's joke is so good, she's already laughing at it. Yeah, okay, I am. Because I, it took a minute, it was a bit of a slow burn. I read it and I thought, that's a bit shit, but I've changed my mind. Warwick, I'm a bit sad that it's Tuesday. Oh, why? Well, this is not going to work, actually. I needed somebody else to be saying the other rule. <laughs> It's okay. On the bright side, three days ago, it was a Saturday. It takes a minute, but you'll get there. Welcome to the Tradies and Business Podcast with your hosts, Warwick Bidwell and Nicole Cox. Divert your phone and grab a brew as Waz and Nick unpack tips, tales, secrets and stuff-ups from guests both inside and outside your trade. Helping educate and inspire you to break the cycle of gut-busting and money stress and create a true trade business. I'm not getting there. <laughs> Saturday. Tuesday, three days before is Saturday. Oh, my God. No, I'm not getting it. <laughs> right, I'm going to find another one. Hang on. I'm going to need people to start submitting jokes. Whoever invented air conditioning must have been really cool. Boom, boom. <laughs> that was well, that was I thought halfway through that Coxie okay I should probably just press stop and we'll start again and then I thought no this is actually funnier that the I'm joke I don't get the joke it's Saturday yes. I'm upset that it's Tuesday and then dad said it's okay three days ago it was a Saturday yeah okay no sadder like and then, as you said, it sounds oh, a bit like sadder, Saturday. Sadder day. That, see, that's the problem with me being a stickler for grammar and pronunciation and stuff because I just corrected it naturally to Saturday. And I'm like, what's funny about Saturday? It's a Saturday. Right. Thank you. Is anybody else groaning? How does anyone have a headache listening to this? It was a waste of two minutes. Of Is anyone time. wishing we'd just get on with the free content? Well, you know what? That's the price you have to pay, listeners, for getting free content from us. You need to sit through our self-indulgent joke starts. As Warwick bullies me, clients will know what this is about. <laughs> because I don't do grammar the way he wants me to. Oh, uh, here we go. The way I want you to. Yeah. Well, you can go and talk to Webster's Dictionary about that because I didn't make the rules. <laughs> All right, listeners, uh, we're not talking about words today, fortunately, because Coxie and I may have a partnership split over this. Could uh, be. <laughs> you might be listening to different hosts on the, the podcast. This morning he's corrected me on my grammar because he doesn't like the way I enunciate words. So we might be coming in hot and hard to a big split here any minute. If we continue down this pathway. So we're going to change it up and talk about something way less controversial, Coxie. We're going to talk about numbers. Probably pretty boring, actually, but essential. I think I think people argue more about numbers and have more stress about numbers than they do about grammar. Nobody corrects me about my enunciation but you, so I would agree <laughs> with you. Well, if we're going to keep score. Yes. Hey, okay. there's my segue. There's my segue. Okay, so business is a game. This is how I look at numbers, Coxie. Business is a game, and like any game... Most of us like to know the score, right? Mm -hmm. If you're listening to this and you watch footy or netball or even swimming, anything, any sport at all, two flies climbing up a wall, it's all about a measurement. It's all about keeping score. 
and and that's how games are won or lost is about your score, how much weight you lifted, how fast you ran, how many goals you scored. And so business is a lot like that. There's there's a scoreboard. The problem is for many business owners, they don't look at the scoreboard. They don't even need... Do you want to correct my grammar? They don't even know what numbers should be on the scoreboard. So <laughs> just for, for reference, listeners, Coxie is sitting here shaking her head at me. Uh, I'm pretty sure I'm getting mum eyes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You'll know about the mum eyes. And the pursed lips. So I'm going to start behaving myself. Uh, definitely that that's a, an analogy that I like to use is that idea of, of keeping score in your business. You should not keep score in your in your um, partnerships, in your relationships, definitely not with your podcast co-hosts. Uh, <laughs> that is dangerous. But in business, and I said but knowingly, in business, Keeping score is really, really important. But what the heck goes on the scoreboard? What are the stats we should be looking at? Maybe That's this is the, the confusion point for many. Um, mm. Everybody knows that they should understand what their cash flow looks like and have an indication of what it might look like over the next month or three. Um, but I don't think that they think about some of these other numbers and the effect they may have, A, on business and secondly, on the choices you make around your business. Because all choices should be made based on data instead of gut feel. If I had a dollar for every tradie that gave me um, a stat or an, uh, an idea around the way business is going via gut feel, I wouldn't need to work anymore. I'd be very wealthy and I could retire in the Maldives. And instead, there's some really simple, we've got six, we six that we like to talk to our tradiepreneurs around. Six really simple numbers. They're easy to gather. They're actually not hard at all for you to find. And then take a look at the trends that come with them on a monthly basis. You can even do it weekly if you're so inclined. And they give you a great indication around what choices you then need to make in your business. So we're going to talk through those six today in no particular order. Because one is no more important than the other. These are just our um, favorite six that we know can help you understand far more about your business. I'm probably going to start with the most ambiguous one of all, and that's productivity. Productivity is pretty chunky. <laughs> this is a bit prickly, this one. It is a bit prickly. It's, it's often hard to measure depending on the style of business you're in, and yet there will be a way to measure regardless of the business you're in. So um, quite simply, if you have allowed four hours for a job and they take four hours, fantastic. Productivity's looking pretty good. If they then take five or six hours, we've got a productivity issue. So for your business, we need to find ways to measure that. Um, thinking about the charge out hours, how many hours can you book out on a weekly basis for your team member? Remembering that nobody can run at 100% capacity. I can't. Can you? I'm not going to be a smart ass. <clears throat> no, nobody can work at 100%, at least not for sustained periods of time. No, you can be 100% productive in a short period of time mm -hmm. and you can't do that all day long. That's and right. So I think we need to be quite realistic about what we expect from our team members. Gold standard for me would be about 80%. Mm. I think 70% is realistic. So if they're hitting between that 70-80% productivity rate in a day, then I think you're doing really well. And for you then, the challenge is finding a way to measure that for your business. Now, it might be a bit of a 
arbitrary uh, exercise to find the way to measure that. And a big part of knowing what these six numbers is, is refining the way we test and measure them, refining what we can do to increase productivity, refining how we look at that measurement and whether it's correct or we feel like we've made a mistake and we need to go back to the drawing board. So working forward for number one on the list of our six numbers in no particular order is productivity. Wasn't there a show? There was a show like that, wasn't there? There should have been. Anyway, my brain just went somewhere else then. It doesn't sound like the kind of show I would have enjoyed. <laughs> it was it was back when I was an accountant. It was like an accountant's game show. I'm only kidding. Lord. Can you imagine if there was a game show with just accountants? Hello to any accountants and bookkeepers listening. I don't think they would listen. It's too frivolous what we do. <laughs> it wouldn't have got past the pilot. <laughs> yeah, productivity is a clanger, Coxie. Uh, I'm going to jump in and grab hold of one of my favourites. Uh, which surprisingly has nothing to do with money, and yet it has everything to do with money, and it's conversion rate. Yeah. I love this one because it's multifaceted. Yeah, there's two numbers here. Yeah. So conversion rate, uh, most of you know what this one is, listeners. Uh, we're talking about how many quotes turn into jobs. Mm. And this one's, this one's pretty funky because in calculating your conversion rate you actually need to record more than just one number it's not like productivity where you just record productivity to get your conversion rate it's actually the product of knowing how many inquiries you're getting and I love that one because of what it means for your marketing and your understanding about your client avatar and all these other things so you need to know how many inquiries or leads that you're getting in how many of those turn into quotes and then how many of your quotes actually turn into signed contracts or you know going ahead with the job customers so why recording leads is really insightful especially in this market that we're coming into is it's a great litmus which is the little piece of colored paper that you dip in your wee to see what the ph is uh, it's a great test of what's happening with your marketing what's happening with your market are your number of inquiries going up, going down? Are they steady? And then when you look at that sort of two-step conversion rate, how many inquiries turn into quotes versus how many quotes turn into jobs, we see some clients that have a great conversion rate from lead to quote. In fact, we were talking to one of our tradiepreneurs just this week and 100% of their inquiries get converted into quotes which sounds good. You might think, well, that's awesome. Everybody that inquired, we went and did a quote for. The problem with that is the conversion rate from quote to customer was rather low. <laughs> I won't share the number, um, but it was less than 20%, but more than 10%. <laughs> so <laughs> it's it pretty low. Now, you might think, well, you know, but they're doing heaps of quotes, so that's great. Now, the problem with that is, and think about your own business as you listen to this, how much time does it take you to do a quote for somebody? How much money do you spend uh, driving around? How long are you sitting in front of your computer at night trying to get them done? How much stress are you feeling just trying to get through the quotes? Now, if every single inquiry turns into a quote, but only a very small percentage are turning into customers, you're spending a lot of money and time doing quotes that are never going to go ahead. 
So you're wasting lots of resources in your business and you're missing out on huge opportunity to spend time with your family instead. Sadly, I think a big part of this one, Warwick, um, dips into the lack of value that our tradies place on their own time. Mm, yeah, 100%. Don't tend to, we might do the, the, I guess part of the exercise is when we decide what our charge rate is, but that doesn't actually provide you with a fair value for what you're doing as a business owner and quoting is a big part of that. So perhaps take a moment to think about what your value is on an hourly rate as a business owner. Most business owners should be 300 to $500 an hour blows everybody's mind. Even if you bring it back to your charge out rate and then do some sums around how many um, potential hours you could save or how many dollars it's costing you to do that. We were able to do this exercise with um, someone recently and discovered over 10 years they could have bought a, what did we say, a Land Cruiser. Well, I think it was more than mine actually. Yeah. So <laughs> you worked out in the end. Yeah, it, that just identifies for you uh, how big the opportunity is here for you to reduce some time, reduce some expense within your business to get a better result. So um, monitoring those conversion rates is super important. Please take some time to do that. Hey, tradies in business, was here. Sorry to interrupt your listening pleasure. I'm joined by Coxie, of course. <laughs> Hello. You may not know this, tradie or tradie wife, or whoever you are listening to this program, but we're business coaches. <laughs> oh my gosh, that feels weird no. to say. <laughs> but we do actually work with people just like you to solve a bunch of problems. And we have this fantastic program called the Tradiepreneur Program, and that's how we do it. And we do it with a wonderful community of trade business owners who are all trying to fix or improve or change things to progress. Things like... Getting behind on quoting, Coxie. Feeling overwhelmed, behind on your invoicing, feeling really stressed or frustrated about the money stuff. Sometimes you can pay the bills, sometimes you can't. What about staff? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my gosh, staff. Trying to get them to do what you want them to do, if you can even find them in the first place. Uh, there's so many struggles. And we've seen clients tackle these things in their trade businesses in a quite a short space of time, to be honest. Mm -hmm during the program and recruit staff at a time where everybody was saying you can't get good staff, mm -hmm. improve their quality from their team, collect their debts much more quickly. We How have about sessions. Getting tips? Yes. Getting tips. Yes. So uh, people rounding up, customers rounding up the invoice by hundreds of dollars mm -hmm. because they're so happy with the sales process and the experience of dealing with the trade business owner and their team. So some amazing stories from our clients, but you know, as they say in the, in the commercials, don't take it from us, uh, <laughs> hear what some of our clients have to say. Coming into Christmas, we are not worried about money. We've got enough money in the bank to pay everybody's leave. There's work booked in for the new year. And for the first time in a long time, we'll be having three weeks off and not worrying about the business. That's probably the biggest win of all. Using the cash flow forecast, I've been able to look into the future and see where I'm going to be situated financially. And it's actually started to have a huge bearing on whether or not I make purchases. By far, one of the best things about working with Nick and Woz are the other businesses that are working alongside them. It is amazing 
how empowering it is to be working alongside like-minded people who have similar goals, similar troubles. We can all relate to each other and everybody helps everybody out by figuring out problems with you that they may have faced previously. Everybody has solutions and constructive feedback and it's an incredibly friendly, warm, welcoming environment, not threatening at all. From every job, I know that I will get a sustainable wage that's industry leading. I can have at least 10 to 20% profit and I can pay taxes, super, all of that. And I do not have to question whether or not I can because of the way that it's been built. And that is thanks to traders in business and what they've taught me and what I've learned. So there you go. There's some real people. We did not pay them to say those things. <laughs> and I think that sounds a lot better than Coxie and I reading them out. We really would love for you to check out more about how you could take your trade business to where you would like it to be. Surely you have a vision of what things could be like or what you wish they were like on a day-to-day -day basis, mm -hmm. um, whether that is reducing stress or actually making more money. Maybe it's spending more time with the family, taking more holidays, having the choice mm. that you really wanted when you started your business instead of this beast that seems to be there for many of you listening to this program. So if you want to find out more about how we do this through the Tradiepreneur program, Coxie's going to tell you all about it. <laughs> I'm actually not. I'm going to be really secretive and uh, keep all of our magic up our sleeves. What I would like you to do, though, is head on over to tradiesandbusiness.com.au. You can learn all about us, why we do what we do, and how you can work with us, what that actually looks like. There's a whole bunch of free stuff there for you to download, uh, lots of options. We've always got new stuff going up onto the website and a great place for you to learn a whole bunch more about how you can work with us. You can even book a 15-minute chat. For free free that's how abundant we are so head over to the website uh, check it out book a chat with us and we'd love to find out if you'd be a great fit for the tradiepreneur community and start hanging out with some of those people that you just heard from <laughs> i'm going to come in now with cash flow Ugh, it's Yay. horrible i'm just going to go make <laughs> a coffee like yeah please Can you do. do this bit coxie and i'll be back in a minute I'm really not going to talk that long about it. All I'm going to say is <laughs> on a monthly basis, you should be measuring whether your cash flow is in a positive or a negative so that you can start to look at all of these numbers together to drive trends and understand what those trends are for your business. It means that we have lots of businesses, for example, air conditioning businesses that don't do particularly well through winter. It's very challenging for them. And so understanding some of these numbers allows us to build out some advertising campaigns or some structure around some subscription, subscriptions for cleaning, et cetera, so that they maintain that positive cash throw th flow through the busy month. You've thrown me off my game now and everything's coming out of my mouth wrong today. Uh, the <laughs> the, so the opportunities silent, Coxie. for your business are <laughs> you can monitor your cash flow as a positive or a negative, where it's negative, let's look at where it's going wrong. Some of the other numbers will help you stop it, Warwick Bidwell. Where sure. it's Come positive. Come on, you can do this, Nicole. Where it's a positive. <laughs> you can, again, evaluate and take a look at what, why are we doing so well at the moment? What's contributing to this current positive cash flow? And can we duplicate that moving forward? I really don't want to talk anymore now. And now I feel really self-conscious, like, wow. I can't remember the last time I corrected you, so clearly I'm an ass. <laughs> uh, so, Cash, yeah. I wonder, Nick, if 
we even need to change the terminology for this of cash movement yeah. or something because it's just such a yucky headspace when we talk cash flow. Everyone goes, oh, just like we did you know, jokingly, but it's true. Everyone has such an awful feeling about cash flow. Uh, it's just it's just the up or down, the wins and losses. It's, mm-hmm. it's no different to the game, right? If you go back to my game analogy, because I happen to think it's awesome, uh, if you're a, if you're a gambler, if you're a, a sports person of any kind, if you watch your kids play sport, it doesn't matter. It's it's just about the wins and losses, mm. um, and so it's just measuring that. So you can see, okay, well, is next week looking like a win or a loss in terms of our cash? Yeah, and th- this is the cool thing, right? Imagine if you went into a football game, um, being able to predict whether you were going to win or lose that next game. That's really what this whole cash flow caper is about. You get to see what's happening in next week's game before you play it so you can change your strategy this week and hopefully make it a win instead of a loss. Uh so anyway, there'll still be some negative headspace around it, listeners. Um, there's lots of resources to help you with cash flow, cash movement, whatever you want to call it. Um, it's just about your cash. You got to look at it. Cha-ching. Unavoidable. So the last. You okay if I tackle the last two together, yeah, Coxie? I do go hand in hand. Uh, it, it does probably make more sense for people, and we talk to lots of trade business owners, and they get often very confused about gross profit and net profit and which one's which and what should be in them and what what should I be aiming for? One of the, Probably one of the most common questions we get asked by our tradiepreneurs, and I'm actually starting to enjoy coaching them around this particular question, is, well, what percentage profit should I be making in insert business type and area here? And... There's this idea that there is a correct gross and net profit percentage for your business type. My opinion, and it's only my opinion, listeners, is that there is no such number. It's all down to your goals. So gross profit and net profit, get to the point was, what the hell are they? Gross profit is the big one. Gross. Gross in Latin means big. So think of that as the big profit, that's job profit. Gross profit, job profit, it's the same sort of thing. It's essentially how much money are you making after you take out your materials and your subbies costs. That's it. It's the one that happens up the top of the P&L. So if you look at the first uh, profit line, you'll see that on the financials you got from your accountant. You can find the terms gross profit on there. That tells you how good you are at actually making money off your jobs that you're doing for clients. Net profit is all the way at the bottom of the profit and loss. It's commonly referred to as the bottom line for that reason. Net, it's net of everything. It's after everything else has been sorted out of the fishing net, if you like. I think Coxie used that uh, analogy recently with our clients. And so it's what's left after you've paid for everything else. Super, uh, you know, equipment purchases, rent, fuel, you name it, insurances. I think I said that twice. So net is after everything. And it's going to be a much smaller percentage. And you, as a rule of thumb, you want to make that number bigger. 
gross profit, you want to make that number bigger. It's like, what's the right percentage? Bigger than it was last year. Mm. Because for many businesses, uh, they aren't getting paid what they're worth in terms of profit. They're not making enough money on jobs and they're not making enough money for themselves after all of their running costs. So the right percentage for you is probably to track it to start with. And as Coxie said earlier, getting that baseline and then looking at it every month. So, okay, well, if our net profit was 7% last month, let's look at our overheads. Let's look at, can we trim some stuff? Let's look at our productivity and our pricing, which are two key ones. We talked about productivity earlier to push that to 8%. Because imagine if we made $8 out of every 100 instead of seven. You don't have to work any harder. You just need to actually look at how much you're charging, how you're running your productivity. Even the sort of clients that you're converting from your quotes all contributes to these two profit figures. And really, they're the penultimate numbers that make all the difference in your business game. I would like to wrap up this episode with talking about the comparison game. We're talking about games. Let's talk about the comparison game. Uh, one of my favorite quotes is uh, comparison is the joy thief. And we talk about this a lot um, in terms of social media, et cetera. I see a lot of it on social media. I might, I don't specifically. However, I'll use myself as the example. Uh, try to hold myself to the standards of what I see on Instagram, for example, where all I'm seeing is the highlight reel. I'm not seeing the crap that's going on behind the camera or behind the scenes. And I think as business owners, we tend to want to compare ourselves against our competition or others that are playing in our field. And that's never going to give you an indication of where you and your business need to be. This is a solo game. It's about you and your business, not about the others in the field because each business is individual. And if you start to base how well your business is running based on what another business is doing or what they're charging out or what their profit margins are, it could lead to your downfall because it's not indicative of where you need to be within your business. So if you can take seven lessons out of today, six numbers that you need to monitor and the seventh one being the comparison will get you nowhere. The only person you should be comparing yourself against is yourself and doing better than you did last month. If you can aim for a slight improvement in any of those areas on a monthly basis, you'll see some fantastic results for your business. You'll also have a far better mindset if you're not comparing against everyone around you. It's only going to lead to making you feel pretty crappy about what you do. Mm. Well, hopefully that's been valuable, listeners. Uh, if you're not sure where to uh, keep all of those numbers, you could write them on a piece of paper and stick it on the wall <laughs> each month. You could do a simple spreadsheet. Uh, it doesn't have to be complicated. You just have to make a start. Um, don't let perfection get in the way of progression. Um, if you want to get some uh, feedback from other trade business owners, you can go join our Facebook group. Uh, go and head to Facebook, search Tradies in Business. You'll find our page, and then you can join the group from there. Otherwise, we'll be back at you with some more fabulous jokes and some even better content in the next episode. Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. listening. All right. You've been listening to the Tradies and Business Podcast with Warwick Bidwell and Nicole Cox. Find out more about today's guest, tools for your trade business and other cool stuff at tradiesandbusiness.com.au.